0: This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. <laughs> hot stove league
1: is brought to you by the holy grail banks tavern and grill norcom your audio visual
0: information technology solutions provider nor-com.com Shin-tm food group let's create great dishes together. beacon orthopedics and sports medicine and by
1: msa design design create innovate the reds hot stove league is also brought to you by cbts consult build transform support cbts.com kelsey chevrolet from our family to yours kelseychev.com RNL carriers, your domestic LTL and offshore shipping provider, rlc.com backslash offshore today. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipes.
2: The
0: Reds are on the radio. Now
1: the Reds Hot Stove League on 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser and UDF with Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thraw and uh, Tom boy it, it, as if this off- well I, I, you can't call it an offseason, as if the summer could not be more of a whirlwind, boy, today has been the ultimate whirlwind. You wake up feeling a little pessimistic, then some good news comes out, and now it sounds like there's the, the, maybe the news isn't as good as we thought. How are we doing today, Tom? It's so
0: nice Tommy. We have Tom to here's something positive for a change. I mean uh, uh, it was ready Tommy?: Yep, I got you. All right. No, it's just nice to hear something positive for a change. Uh, you know, when Manfred comes out you know, a week ago, 100% sure we're going to play baseball Then night of the draft. Comes back five days later, he's not so sure. All of a sudden, it, things are starting to spin negative and negative and negative. And now all of a sudden, you know, uh, the commissioner gets on a plane. I'm told he was urged immediately to get on a plane by the owners and get out there and meet with Tony Clark, the head of the union face-to-face, like right now. Uh, went out there on Monday, and apparently they met the last couple of days, and maybe, knock on wood, we're on our way, young man.
1: Maybe. That would be wonderful. And it, it, it begs the question, we'll talk about this a little bit more, but... You know, it seems like a lot more comes out of face-to-face meetings than just memos going back and forth and back and forth. So so it's good that they finally got together. Hopefully, hopefully something good will come out of this. No deal is done yet, but we'll talk more about this coming up a little bit later on. So. That will be discussed today. We'll talk Reds draft. Uh, We've got Brad Metter on the line. He's the Reds director of amateur scouting. We'll talk with him in just a moment. We are all one team during this pandemic. The Cincinnati Reds, Anheuser-Busch, and Budweiser are scoring a win for patients by giving blood at the one-team American Red Cross blood drive. That's coming up Wednesday, June 24th at Great American Ballpark. So mark your calendars for that. And uh, we are pleased to be joined today by Brad Metter. And uh, Brad, I'm guessing last week was a pretty busy week for you. I'm sure the last few months have been very busy for you and very unorthodox with with the pandemic going on and and really shaking up the entire amateur baseball scene. Uh, How are you? Have you been able to get some sleep now that the draft's over? Uh, And and how did you feel everything went?
2: Yeah, good. Uh, We feel really good about it. Thanks for having me, Tommy. It's definitely been um something like we've never seen before but no different than you know the rest of the country and the rest of the world and and where we are right now uh, and we feel like we made the most of it um and we we certainly feel good about the draft you know when you
0: when you're talking about this year and and and, and the college season and the high school season and the amateur season being shut down i'm kind of curious you know there's the old adage about okay a guy is what he is on the back of a bubble gum card and so it would only be you know Stand to reason that a, that a college player has more to look at. Yet, two of the first three picks the Reds make are high school players, and and I read some incredible stories uh, about Austin Hendricks and the way that you know his hands and his bat speed and all this kind of thing. But then he had a lot of stuff going on with his body, and he's wagging the bat like uh, Gary Sheffield. But then he goes to play for the under-18 U.S. team, and they. They just try to get him to quiet things down a little, and then he just explodes and plays great. But how hard was it to to gauge him or any of these guys when you didn't get a chance to see him play, you know, one more time or 10 more times or 15 more times leading up to the draft? Yeah, no, it's a good question. We've talked a lot
2: about it, and we spent a lot of time, um, you know, leading up to the draft, talking through the high school kids and going back to our summer follows and our fall follows and the meetings that we did in the winter. And that's always the process. You know, that didn't change for us this year. We didn't uh-huh. get to see them all the way to the end, which, you know, certainly you would have liked to, but with the high school guys, we always have to go back to the summer. We, we always have to go back to the big fall showcases because that's when we see them against each other against the best competition with wood bats in their hands. So that was really no different. Um, and, and in Austin's case, Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time with him. He was on our East Coast pro team, and and that's been written about. We had scouts in the dugout with him. We got to meet him. We got to spend time with him, and we just felt really good about what we were getting. And as far as the swing change goes, you know, we saw him do that on a big stage against the best competition, against Mm -hmm. the best pitching. And to your point, you know, if you're going to have that kind of swing and, and that kind of, you know, a lot going on, with the Gary Sheffield comp, you better have really good bat speed, and, and he yeah. certainly does. <laughs> does character,
1: when you're when you're when you're drafting a young player, uh, does character play a factor there in in knowing and in being confident that they'll be able to handle that transition from the amateur ranks to professional baseball while skipping the college step?
2: It, it's it's everything, Tommy, and I think. You know we everyone knows that we spend so much time talking about it, and we've really spent a lot of time with our our scouts talking about really digging in. and especially during this time, when we had some downtime and we weren't able to to scout players on the field of knowing exactly what we were getting in the makeup of each one of these guys. And so, you know, I use an example. we we when we have our scout meetings every year, um, we always ask them at the end of their meetings for three gut field players that they feel the best about. Um, and we always put a sticker on on those magnets. And this year, every one of the players we took in the draft had a gut field sticker on it. And so that's something that as, as internally as a staff we were really proud of.
0: You know, I'm kind of curious in, in the day and age, and, and the Reds have sunk so much money, as you know, in the analytics, like so many other teams have in baseball. Have the Reds or have you changed your philosophy? And, you know, Tommy talked about the character part of it, and we all know how important that is. And, and then you get scouts to get out and watch guys play, but then you start crunching numbers. Um, how much is that playing now in, in, into, you know, what kind of kid or what kind of, what kind of player the Cincinnati Reds are going to draft these days?
2: Yeah, no, every team is spending a ton of time on that and, and resources, and it's very important what I would say about the Cincinnati reds is I feel strongly that we have a really good blend of the analytics. And we have guys who are doing an incredible job with that. And what we've asked our scouts to do is just do, do what you've always done and go scout the players. And then at the end, we're going to put this all together and we're going to pick the players that fit for both sides. Um, And, and we've really done a good job as, as a team, um, Putting all that
1: together, take us through coming up with a draft strategy, and, and and did that change much coming into the season? I mean, you hear different teams talk about how they go about it, or maybe you see a trend with other teams. What is it for you guys? I mean, how do you how do you come up with? with the guys that you've really earmarked, is it just as simple as the best players available or are they organizational <clears throat> needs that determine this for, for some that may not know? How do you kind of put up, put, put that together?
2: Yeah, it's not organizational needs for us. It is organizational fits and we feel so strongly about what we're doing in player development. we believe so much that, that we're able to develop these, these players, um, and everything that we've done in the last year or so in player development with the hires that it's our job to go find the players that fit what they're looking for and what they do. And we've talked about, you know, finding bigger engines and and taking some bigger chances in the draft. And we did that, you know, and I, I I think that that in our market, it's important that we have to take some of those chances and we have to go for it a little bit more Um, looking for a little bit bigger impact players in the draft and with that comes some risk, uh, but we know that, we recognize that, and we just feel like what we're doing um, in player development that we're set up to be able to to develop the players, and so we're excited about it.
0: How much did, did the draft this year being five rounds rather than 40 rounds have an impact, do you think, on, on – well, let's just talk about the Reds. That's all we really care about here. How much of an impact did that have on our organization? Um. It,
2: it I would say that it, it hurts us. Um, you know I feel like we would like to be go, to, we would like to be able to go deeper in the draft. It helps us put depth in our organization. I think we felt like we did a really good job last year and that we've always done a good job of of getting guys later in the draft that that fit for us um, and, and it only being cut to five rounds I mean that that does hurt our ability to to add that depth
0: for sure. You know, if I can follow that up with just one quick question, but did, it, did it even change up at all that, that you had a limit or a cap or whatever word you want to use on what teams could then go pay guys after the fifth round? Did, did that help the situation at all or, or just really no impact whatsoever? I don't think that had
2: an impact. I don't think that changed any. We had our regular pool of, of money to spend on the on the rounds that we had in the draft. And then after the draft, it was set for every team. You could spend $20,000. You were capped at that. And so then it right. just became you know, us going out and recruiting and, and seeing what, what fit for us and, and what fit for the player.
1: I want to talk to you a little bit more about that process. When we come back, we're visiting with Reds Director of Amateur Scouting, Brad Metter. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall, and we are fortunate to be joined by the Reds Director of Amateur Scouting, Brad Metter, wrapping up the draft last week. And we've been talking a little bit about that, and uh, we started to talk about this free agent process a little bit. And it's certainly different with the draft only being five rounds. Uh, I I guess, and you kind of touched on this before, but... With the free agent process being what it is, basically everybody has the same amount of money to spend on free agents, and you kind of mentioned that you know, the lack of rounds kind of hurts the Reds. So is this something that, that you see being around for a while? Is this a one-year thing? Do you think baseball will explore this moving forward? And is this something you would like to see continue, or do you want to see the draft go back to the way it was? Well, I think we have Brad there. Is Brad
2: still with us? Oh, sorry, Tommy. Nope. No, you're good. You're good. You would think you would think <laughs> by awesome. now, as many Zoom calls as I've been on in the last two months, I'd be able to manage the mute button. Right. Um, <laughs> That's now, all right. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hoping that we get back to to a more normal draft to answer your question. I, I hope that this this isn't here to stay. Um, It is different uh, for sure. It, 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 you know, the, the players, the kids are allowed, you know, it it lets them go and, and look at different organizations and, and, you know, look at your, your depth charts and it, it allows them to ask more questions. And so the, we've had a lot of calls with players in the last two days, and they were a lot different than the ones we had leading up to the draft. It went from us trying to learn as much about them as we could as them, trying to learn as much about us as they could. So,
0: um,
2: it certainly flipped. Uh, we think, like I mentioned before, we certainly think we have a lot to offer here and, and we feel good about where we are in this process, but I certainly hope that we get back to, a, a, you know, I don't know if it will ever be 40 rounds
0: again, but I hope that we get back to a a more normal draft. I'm curious. I know you're not allowed to talk about players, uh, that you're talking to, or even those, if you've signed any at all, am I allowed to ask you or are you allowed to talk about, you know, what your number, your final number, you'd like that number to be in terms of uh, players drafted beyond the fifth round and and have you signed players yet at all? I know you can't ask you about them individually, but I'm just curious where the Reds would like to be and where are you at this point?
2: Yeah. So the way that we went into it was we were going to sign any player who we felt like, um, you know, was, was a prospect for us. Uh, and we weren't going to sign players who we didn't feel like were prospects. And so we weren't out there looking to just fill needs and to fill rosters. Um, so we don't have a certain number. I don't think we'll sign, you know, a huge number of players. You know, I would guess it's going to be somewhere between 10 and 15, Mm -hmm. um, depending on who the players are. I mean, the players that we're going after right now are all players who we feel like are prospects and could um, help our organization. And that's kind of how we've left it. We're we're not looking to just sign players just to sign players or fill needs. Um, And so at some point, um, if we had to fill a need, we could go back and look at that. But I think we feel like we're in a pretty good spot.
1: Do you feel like this process is going to... The way it's set up, it's going to make it a longer process to try to sign some of these guys that weren't drafted. And and, and what's that like on both sides? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you had an anticipation of what guys would want to know when you talked to them about signing them as undrafted free agents and, and how much of that reflects the reality of what these guys want to know about the organization.
2: Yeah, I think we did. I think it's played out kind of how we thought it was going to. Um, we wish it was different, but it is what it is. And, you know, to answer the question about how long the the way we thought it would work is that there would be a a quick surge of players that sign right after the draft, which is starting to happen. And then we think there might be kind of a lull. And then I do think that there's a chance there's another wave, or I don't know if it'll be necessarily a wave, but another group of players who sign a little bit later. Because as we're able to get back out scouting now, um, and some of these college leagues are starting to get up and playing I do think that there's a chance that we see some guys. Um, you know, we got cut short on the season, so we didn't get to scout it all the way to the end. So there could be players out there who have taken a jump up during this downtime that we we might run into that we feel like you know could be could be productive players in our organization.
0: I'm kind of curious your thoughts on. No minor league baseball this year. I mean, we're, we're well aware of the major league situation, but there was talk about minor league baseball. And specifically, look, I know you're the director of scouting, but you've also played a huge role in, 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 different, in different roles in different parts of, of the organization. And player development now, I guess, is what I'm asking. You know, to, to not have so many of those kids that the franchise has brought in within the last year or two, not necessarily the guys that have been around three or four years and have made their way to AAA, a, although they're certainly, you know, heavily impacted too, but what kind of impact do you think that has on, on these young players trying to get better? It definitely impacts them. There's no question. The one thing I will say
2: is we've been told not only by our own players inside our own organization, but even outside of our organization by, you know, agents and others, how, good of a job our player development is doing during this downtime Mm -hmm. with zoom zoom calls with our minor leaguers and continuing to try to develop guys when they're on their own and having plans for them and, and looking at their video and breaking it down on zoom and going through all the stuff that they're doing. The, the feedback that, that I've received from, like I said, not only in our organization and our players, but even outside has been really good. So I think, you know, it's not a great situation, but I think again, our player development people have made the best of it.
1: Well, Brad, we're uh, we're, we're running low on time, but I do want you to talk a little bit about, uh, the, tell us a quick synopsis of the first couple of picks. The outfielder, Austin Hendrick, who was the first round pick, and then you got Christian Rowe in the second round, the right-handed pitcher out of Texas A&M. What do you know about these guys, and what are you excited about?
2: Yeah, Austin Hendrick, we talked a little bit about it. Uh, we're really excited to have him. We think he's a Future prototypical right fielder who, you know, will hit in the middle of a major league lineup. Um, Christian Rowe is a big, strong kid who we like the overall package with Christian. It's four pitches. It's fastball up to 96. Um, You know, he can spin the baseball, and he really gets after after it, and he really competes well. The one thing that I would say about all our guys is that we feel really good about the makeup and, and the overall package of what we're getting.
1: Brad, certainly appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Brad. And Thanks, Tom. That is Brad Metter, the Reds Director of Amateur Scouting. Tom and I are back. After this, this is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by the Holy Grail Banks Budweiser and UDF, on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks Budweiser and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. We'll take your phone calls, 513-749-7000. That's pound 700 for AT&T customers, or 1-800-THE-BIG-1. A lot of ways to chime in on the show today. Uh New episodes of the Jim Day podcast presented by Kroger and Behind the Mic with Tom Brenneman presented by PNC can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Reds.com slash podcasts. Go ahead, subscribe today. And uh, you talked... This week, right, with F.P. Santangelo. Is that right, Tom?
0: Yeah, yeah. Color analyst from the Washington Nationals. Interesting guy. You know, he was a player, came up and played for the Montreal Expos. And, uh, you know, one of the few players around that that actually played for the Montreal Expos. But, uh, you know, sort of walked back through the Nationals' uh, world championship season last year. And, you know, it's interesting to know, Tommy, that here we are talking about, um, you know, maybe finally getting a deal done between the owners and the players, and, and looking at maybe a 60-whatever, 60, 65-game season, and, and, and what that potentially could be like. Because F.P. Santangelo is our guest this week. We taped yesterday with Tom Hamilton, because now the American League Central looks like we're going to be playing the National League Central, and so we did a preview of the Cleveland Indians. And both of those sure. teams last year, the Washington Nationals at the 50-game mark, were 19-31 and 31. The Cleveland Indians yep. were five games under 500 at the same time, 50-game mark. So, you know, when you start talking about what this season could look like and, and the the repercussions due to the number of games, this isn't one of those where, you know, one of the great things about baseball, over 162 games, more times than not, the best team gets in the playoffs. The best team doesn't always win the World Series, but the best teams get in the playoffs. They've earned it. This year – sure you know, all of a sudden you're going to have some team, I mean, just fill in the blank, all of a sudden they rip off a 31 and 19 through 50, and and they're in the postseason, and a team like the Washington Nationals with all those great players they had last year and great pitchers and got off to the bad start, they're on the outside looking in. It's got a chance, you know, look, we'd all rather see the full year, but it it does give it a chance to be a really exciting baseball season um, with, with a limited number of games.
1: Well, there's no question about that, but I think what you're saying, and I, I'm not trying to rain on the parade, because you know when I think about what what's possible this season, um, yeah, that's part of the excitement about it. But I think that's also part of why, if the season's only going to be between 50 and it sounds like it's going to be at least 60 games now, yeah, um, but if it's 60, 65 games, I think that's a reason why why fans will have trouble taking whatever end result happens this year. Seriously, and, and if yeah. if the Reds go on, they win the World Series, wouldn't that kind of be a bummer where, where the rest of the baseball world maybe doesn't no. take the title no. seriously? No, well,
0: We don't no. care because no. we got no. one. it will not be a bummer. <laughs> it would be freaking awesome. Are you kidding me? That would on. be incredible. Well, well, in well that's what I mean. Everybody's in the same yeah, exactly. boat. Exactly. Like they right. talk about the records, and they talk about, you know, it's a hollow sort of thing. Like, look, the bottom line, everybody's starting at the same spot on the track they finish at the same spot on the track and let's just see what happens and, and if it turned out that the reds get in the playoffs and the reds win the world series this town will still be going crazy i don't care if they play 15 games
1: no kidding i like that that's what that's what i want to hear i'm glad to yeah. hear that so it's it all is, the negative but it stuff, is I mean, I mean we've had too much of that we've been talking about for too long you you're not kidding you're not kidding well here's something that I want to run by you. Uh, I, I, I ran it by Joe Morgan last week in passing when we had him on, and uh, he shot it down relatively quickly. But it's something I want to get into with you a, a little bit more in-depth. It's a possible playoff format. Joe Posnanski wrote mm-hmm. about it a couple of weeks ago, and I thought it was very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that the season is a little shorter, um, uh, okay, significantly shorter, uh, and it sounds like expanded playoffs will certainly yep. be a reality – why not set it up in almost like, not necessarily the way Joe Posnanski described it, was a College World Series format where you have pool play. Uh, liken it more to the way the World Cup is structured. You have pool plays in different regions. Mm-hmm. Winners from those pools go on in advance, so you're still having series. You're still. It's not a 1-1. One, one Win or loss, and you're done or you move on. You have to win a few times, some double elimination in there. Uh, you, you, you go through, you see everybody's, you know, top three, four guys. Sure. And then when you get to the end, you've got a seven-game World Series. Mm-hmm. And I think, to me, it just sounds like it's so, uh, it, it's so far beyond what we've ever seen in Major League Baseball before, if there were a year to do it, Boy, this would be a year because it would certainly make things interesting. It would get a lot of people's attention, and I think it would it would just create this this drama that we haven't necessarily seen in a a long time in this sport. And it would just it, it's it's this unique thought uh, that that this could be the year to do it.
0: Well, I am totally with you on that on that last part. I mean, I'm with you all the way. If there there are some things you want to try and completely think out of the box on multiple levels, playoff format, some of the rules um, of the game, this is you're right. It's it's a time to do it. And look, try and. To follow up Joe Morgan on anything when it comes to baseball or pretty much life in general <laughs> is not a winning combination for the guy that's sitting in my chair even trying to follow him up on this deal. Because I, I, I'm not so sure I've ever met anybody in my life. As a matter of fact, I'm quite sure I've never met anybody in my life that I have more respect for than Joe Morgan. I just think he has such an incredible wealth of knowledge on so many different levels, whether it's sports, whether it's life, whether it's society, whether it's business. He's just, he's on it. But, yeah, I mean, you might find out that you hate it, but you might find out that you really like it. And you might find out that the fans really like it. And, and, and I sure. just think this year, you know, the, the fans have been hurt so badly, whether it's just the absence of baseball or so many fans who have gotten sick because of COVID or whether it's so many fans who have lost their jobs or their businesses because of COVID. If you can get them excited about something in baseball where a lot of them have not necessarily been excited about some things in baseball the last number of years with declining attendance, and we know all that story, why not try it? Why go to some stale best of five and best of seven? Try something different. It would be fun, and and it may not be great. It may not be perfect, but at least open your mind to it a little bit because you might catch lightning in a bottle.
1: You're not kidding, and, and I think you're spot on. It was a great read, and uh, I thought Joe Posnanski did a did a great job on this article. Yeah, well, he's totally uh, it was on actually hit
0: Yeah, we, 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 Boy, we were really not bummed
1: out in
0: this town when we lost him, and and he went to to Kansas City and left Cincinnati because he is as sharp as they come, no doubt about it.
1: He he is, and and there's some outside the box thinking with regards to this season that I'm not totally on board with. This like was, what this was a unique plan. Like what? Well, I I. I'm not a big fan of the ties. The talk about there being ties this okay. year, okay. Come on. Especially, especially when every win is really going to be magnified. Every game is really going to be magnified in a shortened season. So, And I get that that maybe shortens the games. I am much more an advocate of if you want to try to shorten extra innings, if you think it's that big of a problem to where you're willing to jump to ties – Let's at least try starting a runner at second base in extra yeah. innings. Yeah. And, and, because to me, and we got to get to a break, but for me in in that situation, I can at least jump on board knowing that the team that executes in extra innings to get that run home mm-hmm. I, is a little bit more deserving of the team that loses and is unable to execute. Because All those right. are the teams that end up winning. So okay. anyways, okay. a lot more on this. Plus, we'll gladly take your phone calls. Again, the phone number, it's... 513-749-7000, pounds 700 for AT&T customers. You can call us as well at 1-800-THE-BIG-ONE. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by the Holy Grail Banks, Budweiser, and UDF. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum, presented by Dinsmore, is thrilled to reopen to the public this Saturday. Visit RedsMuseum.org to plan your visit and purchase tickets today. Plus, How Morris bobbleheads are still available with regular price uh, price paid admission, Saturdays and Sundays in the month of June. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall. We're talking some Reds baseball, talking about a possible restart to the season. Um, th- things that might look a little bit different about, the baseball season this year, and uh, I said that, I, that the tie is certainly not something I could I could stomach, but a, a changed postseason format, especially on a short-term basis, that's something that, that I could certainly get on board with and, and something that I think is exciting to look at and, and read about. Just as exciting as it is to hear of a new proposal that both sides might be in agreement, of course that coming out today. So certainly some some cause for optimism. If you want to be a part of the show, five one three seven four nine seven thousand pound seven hundred on AT and T. Uh, you can also phone us up one eight hundred the big one. Uh, Tom, I know we've talked about this before, uh, and we were touching on it. But before we went to break. I said I, I can't I can't stomach the ties. What are some of the things that, that you would be excited about? Are you okay uh, with the, the universal D
0: H? No, I was getting ready to say Tommy that's the one thing and really the only thing to be honest with you that, that I've heard that I would not necessarily We'd be crazy about. I've never been a fan of it. Um, you know I, I just I just think that One of the things, in in my opinion, and I've been lucky enough like you have to to broadcast uh, a number of different sports, uh, everything from bowling to rowing to football to basketball to you name it, and I just think the strategy of baseball. Now, some would make the argument that that because of the the advancement of analytics that, that, that the strategy of baseball is eroding anyway. But I still think there is a significant difference in strategy between the American League and the National League uh, in certain situations that are dictated because of having a DH or not having one. And and I just think it's one of the things that, that I think is so beautifully appealing about the sport of baseball is as you're learning more and more about it, whether you're young or whether you're a little older, you, you grow up and have a chance to see it much, but now you're married to somebody or your are buddies with somebody, or you move to an area of the country where it's really important and you start to watch baseball and go to games occasionally. The strategy is a great part of baseball. And and if we, not only this year, but you, know, you feel like, uh, you know, if you, if you believe what you read, that there's a chance we could be going in that direction exclusively, um, on, on the next round of a collective bargaining agreement. And I just think it would be a shame. And look, I, I, I understand when fans say, well, who wants to watch a pitcher hit? Well, you know, I, I get that part. But, but it's, it's so much deeper than that. It's a decision of when to take a pitcher out of the game. Are you forced to take a pitcher out of the game because of a situation where, boy, you'd love to get one more inning out of him. It's a starter that maybe gave up two or three in the first. And now all of a sudden, the seventh, you know, he's been mowing him down since the second inning. And, you know, you're tired. Or maybe you're down a run and you've got to take him out. It's just, I, I just think it adds so much more enjoyment to the sport. And, and I hope that it's something that doesn't happen. But it certainly looks like I'm in the minority, I guess, on that opinion. And, and it appears to be the way it's going to go. And, and I'm big time in favor, by the way, of the thing of the extra innings. I, I just think extra innings, it's the only sport, and I've said it before, baseball is the only sport The longer it goes, and in extra innings, obviously you're tied. Nobody leaves a basketball game in overtime. Nobody leaves an NFL game in overtime. Everybody leaves a baseball game once you get past (laughs) the 11th or 12th inning. Everybody leaves. And there are very few people that are sitting around when you start dragging into the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, the 17th innings. And so, you know, you want to start runners like you did in the World Baseball Classic where the runners at first and second and nobody out and, and do it that way, I think it would be great. Instant action. Instant action. Yeah.
1: Well, the other thing that I, I think it, it does is it takes away from the home run derby that it seems like extra innings have turned into. And I think yeah. that is why extra innings have become the problem uh, or have become a problem in baseball is because it, it, once you get to extra innings, everybody's just trying to hit it. Uh, hit a home run, and win it with one swing of the bat. It, mm-hmm. it, all the strategy has gone at that point, and that's how you end up with games that last forever. Because mm-hmm. if you get a runner on, there's no more moving them over. It's just waiting back for a solo or a two-run home run. And and that, I think, is why extra innings have become so much longer, and that's why they're they're being looked at more now uh, because of that. So it, the, when you start a runner at second base, it kind of takes that whole strategy out of it. It takes the, the, the effort for a home run to end it out of it as well, because now you go back to playing small ball a little bit. Thought you made a great point. Agree wholeheartedly on um, the DH. If there's one thing I would add, I think there is a definite sense of pride in National League cities over American League cities about their style of baseball, and American League cities tend to be partial to their style over National League cities, and I think that's a a, a cool – aspect of the game of baseball as well that these cities have have pride in the way their games played and i think that is that's something that's unique to baseball as well so we'll talk more about that as we wrap up the show coming up next you're listening to the reds hot stove league presented by the holy grail banks budweiser and udf on the reds radio network the reds hot stove league wrapping things up presented by the holy grail banks budweiser and udf speaking of budweiser we are all one We are all one team during the pandemic. Cincinnati Reds, Anheuser-Busch, and Budweiser scoring a win for Patience by giving blood at the one-team American Red Cross blood drive Wednesday, June 24th. That'll be a great American ballpark. Of course, Budweiser, great partner to the Reds. Uh, On top of that, they are also the official beer of the big leagues and the Hot Stove leak. So uh, great that they're putting on that blood drive. Get down there, donate some blood. Also, if you'd like to commemorate a graduation or send maybe best wishes for Father's Day by displaying a message on the Great American Ballpark video board, For a limited time, customized messages can be ordered for a donation to the Reds Community Fund. Digital and print photo options are available. Details Reds.com slash gift message. Tom, we're out of time. I know. I just
0: thought really quick when you started started talking about Budweiser that you were going to say you're buying tonight, but then I realized who I was talking to, so never mind.
1: Okay. Okay. Listen here, pal. (laughs) I have offered countless times. And and if you want to go get one, I will buy We'll go. All right. right now. We'll go. That's all the time we have. He's Tom Brenneman. Big thanks to the broadcast sheriff, Dave Keat, back in our studio for keeping us on track and on the air. I'm Tommy Thrall. Hopefully we're talking about baseball getting going again next week on the Reds Hot Stove League.